listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. This area stronger and better than it's ever been before. We're going to rally together. We're going to cry together. We're going to rejoice together. We're going to see the goodness of God. In each and every life. In each and every home. I know so many have suffered such loss. It's almost guilty to think that your house has not been affected. Kelly and I are so thankful for that. But I'm so thankful too because the greater loss to me would be the fact of I wouldn't be able to get serving and being a part of touching so many people. And, and I just got to give, just before we get into the word today, I've got to give a couple of thanks uh, first and foremost to our lead team here at this church. We have a great team that has worked tirelessly around the clock. This whole week, just over a week, contacting people. I'm so thankful that's our culture. Our culture is to reach out and touch people. Our culture isn't that the pastor has to touch everyone. We're not building a culture of a superstar that everyone... We're building a team where we can rally together. And and most, if not all of you, have been contacted from someone on our team. And if we missed anyone, it's not because we're not important to us. If we missed anyone, it's just because we're human. And our minds have been so consumed. We've ran on little or no sleep this week. We're sorry if we did miss you. And that's why... We really had a big blanket approach through social media. I hope for some of you that you didn't want to get on social media, you would see there's a big need to be on social media because that can keep you connected during storms and trials like this. And and, and we've just really been doing a blanket approach. I've been coming on every day, pretty much morning and night, giving videos. We've been giving stuff and just giving you hope with that. So first and foremost, our lead team, thank you very much. Secondly, all of our volunteers. Wow, we've had an army of volunteers. People even leaving their houses that have been wrecked to come and serve other people. People who have supported, people who have donated, people who have brought gifts. I'm just beside myself. As of what I know right now, we have three churches right now that are taking up love offerings for us as a church. Right now in Austin, Texas, in Montgomery, Alabama and in Chicago, Illinois. And it's just mind-blowing to just see the support that people are rallying and giving to each and every one of us. And we're just so thankful for that and for everyone who's volunteered. And it's an ongoing thing. We need your help. As Megan had said earlier in the announcements, there's a sign-up sheet. We want to keep our outreach center up and running every day. And we need 
your help to do that. We've done so many wonderful things. We've gutted and cleared 15 homes in five days, which is an incredible task. If you've gone into some of these homes, it's an unbelievable task. And and I had to go to the doctor last night and get a shot. I stood on a nail yesterday that went in my foot. And um, it's just a tough job to go there. And we've seen people that have just so tirelessly given. Some people even had to leave the site. I know Luke was so physically exhausted yesterday. He was throwing up. So many people put in their needs on the back burner and reaching out to other people. Yesterday in prayer encounter, I just came here and I had to throw myself on the altar and I just threw myself here. And a few moments later, I heard someone beside me and Jim was here. And a few moments later, Rick came in between us and we put our arms around each other and we began to pray for each other. And what was amazing to me was, I believe someone took a picture and I'm going to use that picture today and I'm going to post it on social media. And I want that picture to say something like that. Who's who? It doesn't matter. Who's the pastor who's seen his church, 80% of their church evacuated and almost losing everything? Who's the person who's lost their whole entire home and everything that they have? Who's the person whose son is in a rehab center fighting for his marriage. You see, it doesn't matter who's who. All that matters is everyone has a need. Everyone has a need. And the answer is the same, isn't it? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And please help us as we move forward. We've got needs. Stay and have lunch with us after church today. This service, next service, we've got lunch provided for you in the outreach center through the restrooms you can go out into the front area right there and excuse the mess we we just had such a flood of people yesterday we're trying right now as of now we're trying to straighten it up and if you can stay and help us that would be phenomenal and we need people to run that center as i said please see miss d nancy sign up church will be closed tomorrow the offices i had to give everyone a day off they're just absolutely exhausted and and i told them they need a day off just to rest and regroup so tuesday we can come back and we can take on that but the outreach center is still going to be open We, we love you guys we love you guys so much and our hearts just go out with you and we cry with you like we read earlier we rejoice with you we we're going to see God bless. Amen. Put your hand on your heart. Let's pray for you. But I'm going to do something different today. Don't just put your hand on your heart. Can you, with the other hand, touch someone else? Because you're not just going to pray for yourself today. You're going to pray for someone around you. And I'll say this right now. If you can't touch someone on your row, you're not close enough. Because you need to get in the touch zone. You need to be around people that you can just feel the energy from each other and feel that strength from each other. In the name of Jesus, we pray, God, that you would just touch our hearts right now. God, that you would give us the strength, that you would help us, that you would equip us, God, to be what we need to be. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you, God, for everything that you are. God, help us and give us strength. Those around us, give them strength. Lift up those who are weary, those who are broken. Give them hope today because you are our hope. You're our comfort and you're our strength and peace. 
We thank you for that. We praise you for that. In Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, you can do better than that. Shout amen in the house. High five someone around you and say, you're looking good. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's got it under control and it's going to be all right. Come on, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Anyone remember that song? If you haven't, that's a pretty good old one right there. Come on, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right because when Jesus is in your vessel, you can smile at every storm because he said, let's go to the we're going to the other side. We're going to make it through. May have some struggles along the way. Weeping may endure for the night. But joy's coming in the morning. Joy's coming in the sorrow. Joy's coming in the new day. However you want to look at it. Joy is coming. And the joy of the Lord is your Praise God. Excited about that. I'm excited today to talk to you about what does it mean to be a Christian. I think this is such a timely message. It's always a timely message. But now as we have opportunities after opportunities all around us, what does it mean to be a Christian? We're going to be talking about this for the rest of the month, Wednesday, Sunday. Looking and asking, what does it mean to be a Christian? I believe... If we really were Christians, we would see a whole lot more growth in church. We would see a whole lot more people come. A lot of the reason people aren't coming to church is because of the people who are going to church. Sad, but it's true. But we're changing that. Because we're looking at what does it mean to be a Christian? Because we've got to represent Christ right. Because if we're not willing to give our lives to something, why should we expect others to do the same. Look at this, John 14, verse 6. Jesus said these words very clearly. He said to them, that's the wrong scripture, sorry. It says, whatever it is. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. There's many ways, but there's only one the way. There's only one the Jesus. There's only one the truth. There's only one the life. If we don't watch, we can have many ways. We can say, well, this is my way to Jesus. And and this is the way I want to live for Jesus. You better be careful because the Bible says there is a way that fits man's agendas. There is a a way that feels right to man, but the end thereof is death. That's Proverbs 14.12 if you're taking notes today. But I don't want to go the way that's going the wrong way. I want to go the way that's going the right way. I want to live life Christ's way. So I don't want now to do what I think is right. I want to do what I know God says is right. Is that okay today? Are you following with me? Because what does it mean to be a Christian? Oh man, there's so many definitions. But there's only one in Christ. There's only one example through Christ. It's the way that we need to live. And I just want every one of us to live his way and not just our way. Well, I think this is okay for me, so I'm just going to do it. Have you asked what God says? Have you looked and asked God, is it okay to do those things? Why? Because you're presenting and presenting and painting an image of Christianity in Christ that's not the true image. That's going to set people free. I believe God's calling us 
to live by a higher standard. When everyone else is doing what they want, there may be moments where we have to say like Joshua, as for me and my house, we're not doing that. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to stand up. It's not because we're better than anyone else. It's just because we understand that we want to live a life that's pleasing to Christ. A life that He can truly use. Isn't that the ultimate goal of every one of our lives? To please God. What's the number one rule in the house? Here's the number one rule in the house. Are you ready? If mum's happy, everyone's happy. Anyone know? If mum's happy, everyone. If mum ain't happy, nobody. So you know that. That's your rule in your house too. I see how that is. Well, you think about that too. We want God happy, don't we? I said we want God happy, don't we? If God's happy, that's good for us. So I want to live a life that's making God happy. I want to live a life that's making God's name great. Because you can turn on the media and they are desecrating the name of Christ. They're making fun of it. But we in the midst of the trash and the rubble all around us, we can be a bright beacon of light once again to say, hold on, that's not what Christ is. That's not what God is. This is what He is. Let me show you by the example of my life, my testimony and I'm witness. Listen to what Jesus said many times in the Gospels. Matthew 13, 50 is one of those references. Jesus says these words and he cast them into a lake of fire. And he says there will be weeping and there will be gnashing of teeth. Message Bible says there will be a lot of desperate complaining. But it won't do any good. Why? Because it's too late. You see, that reference there, many times when Jesus was speaking, He wasn't talking really about those who didn't confess Christ. He was talking to the religious leaders. He was talking to the people that thought they had a knowledge of Christ, that they were living to Christ. He was talking to those who thought they were going to sail into heaven and bust open the doors and say, Jesus, what up? Here I am. But what a stern warning to every one of us that Jesus said there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth because Jesus is going to say these words, depart from me because I have never, never known you. That to me breaks my heart. People living, supposedly serving, supposedly God, but yet I never have known you. I want to make sure that I'm not one of those never known people. I want to make sure that my name's in the Lamb's book of life. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I possibly can to see the Word of God being promoted and going out and doing everything that we possibly can to change this world for Jesus Christ. I don't want no one going down on our watch. I don't want anyone lost in my neighborhood, in my family. I don't want anyone lost. And we want to do everything that we can to be a true Christian. And I want to read a passage of scripture to you today. It may be a long passage, but it bears reference with what we're going to be talking about over the next few messages for the end of this month. And the title of this passage in most Bibles will say, Behavior for a Christian. How a Christian should behave. I don't think it can be any clearer than that. Look what it says in Romans chapter 12. We're reading verse 9 through 21 again. A lot of scripture. But just follow along with us today. It says, Let love 
be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, give in preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Remember, this is behavior of a Christian, characteristics of what a Christian should be. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. If you can go to the next one for me, please. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your minds on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, don't avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Love this last verse, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I want to look at one of the greatest characteristics, I believe, of what it means to be a Christian, and that is this, having love. Having love. 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 Verse 9 and 10 says, let love be without hypocrisy. New Living Translation says, don't just pretend that you love others. That's pretty good, isn't it? Don't just pretend that you love other people. The Message Bible says, love from the center of who you are. Wow. Don't fake it. Love from the very core of your being. It goes on to say, let your love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. That word abhor means to hate completely, to detest, to loathe. Cling to what is good. So notice this. We're not a part of what's wrong, but we're a part of what's right. A lot of people think just because you love people, you've got to accept wrong and the right. Do you see that the Bible says we don't need to be a part of what's wrong? But we need to be grabbing a hold and clinging to that which is good. One thing I've realized is this. You can't cling fully onto something if you're holding on to something else. So the Bible says we've got to release something so we can grab a hold. And what are we grabbing a hold of? That which is good. And what is good is God. Amen? God is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in all honor, giving preference to one another. Just in those two verses, there's an awful lot that's been said. God says, don't be a hypocrite. A hypocrite is someone who says something and does something completely different. God says, I want you to hate what's wrong. God says, I need you to follow what is right. God says, I need you to honor others. That means put others before you. Put them first. I want to start here today because I think this is a good starting point when we start talking about love and helping and reaching other people. I want to ask you all a question today. Are you ready? Here's the question I want to ask you today. Has any of you ever messed up in your life? I mean that you would be totally embarrassed to have things of your life presented on this screen and for everyone, no. Any, anyone like that? Come on, let me just see. Show me your hands. Some of you need both hands and feet. If I have both, if I could and keep standing, I would have my whole body levitated in the air. Amen. We've all messed up and done things wrong. 
So, so can we just begin this whole series today with this thought in mind? I think it's safe to say that none of us, therefore, have the right to point the finger at other people. Oh, well, I'm better. Oh, it doesn't matter how much better you think. Sin is still sin in God's eyes. If there's problems in your life, it's still an issue and a problem. So I want us to start by realizing that none of us can point the finger because that's not what love does. Love doesn't point the finger. Love puts out a hand. Come on, let me say that again because I think there's a few more amens needed in that statement. Love doesn't point a finger. Love puts out a hand. Love doesn't say, I'm better than you. Look how bad love says, let me help you. Because of what the help God has given to my life, I'm a sinner, but I'm now saved by grace. Let me extend the same grace and mercy that God has given. You see, what I'm saying is this. Love is an opportunity for every one of us to pray for, to support, to help, to nurture, to guide, to instruct others who are just like us. That we can lead them to Christ, not push them away from Christ. What is, that's the power of our testimony. Every one of you has something that's so powerful, and that's your testimony. What God has done, and now where you're at. Every one of us has one of those, where I was and where I'm at now. We have a testimony of the goodness of God. Our testimony can bring hope to others, not our perfection. Because if we think we're perfect, one thing we're deceived, the Bible says. But our perfection is going to make it impossible for other people to realize that there's grace and mercy available for them. If they think I've got to get to that level in order to be saved. Come on, you don't ask people to clean themselves up. No blood allowed in the hospital. A hospital is a place where the bleeding and the bloody and the hurt and the maim can come. And they can find the healing that they need. That's the love of Jesus. Come on, if you're hurting, come over here. Here, buddy, because I want to help you. First thing that we're asked to do in love is not to pretend to love. Not to be a hypocrite. The love chapter 1 Corinthians. Let's look at that quickly. 1 Corinthians 13. Just verse 1 through 3. It says with me, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. In other words, if I speak any language... Even a heavenly language, not of this world. Notice what the Bible says, but I have not what? If I don't have love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. In other words, I'm an annoying noise. If we were just to kind of hit something like this and just keep going. How many would realize that's an annoying noise after a while? Okay, it's an annoying noise. So if we don't have love... Look at your neighbor and say, you are totally annoying. (laughs) Don't get upset with them. You just quoted the word of God to them. Not on me. Verse 2, you ready? And though I have the gift of prophecy. Understand the painting or the picture he's painting here. He's painting an image of someone that is speaking angelically. Speaking who has all the gifts of God. Someone almost so holy as the world would say. But notice, and though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all ministry, minist- mysteries, there you go, and all knowledge, and though I have faith that I could remove mountains, but I have not what? Love. Love. It profits me nothing. In other words, there's no value in anything of that. 
Verse 3, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, give everything away, and even give my body to be martyred and burnt, and can be boasting about what I have done, but if I have not what? Love. Love. Are you seeing the trend here? Are you seeing the need in our lives? That we can have all those things, but if we don't have love, again it says it profits me nothing. I want to say something to you today, and that is this. Love is not an option of Christianity. Love is a must. Well, I, I think I'll choose to... No, no, love is not an option. Love is a necessity. It's a requirement. And it's more than even just what we do. True love needs to come from who we are. And who we are truly comes from whose we are. If we've given our lives to Christ. The very next chapter of Corinthians, chapter 14 and verse 1 says this. Let love be your highest goal. Pursue love above everything else. Seek after it. Ask for it. Long for it. Desire it. You know what's going to change this world more than anything else? It's not a new president in the White House. It's not new this and that. The thing that will change this world more than anything else is true love. The love of Christ. Being a Christian. Possessing the character of love. God could have chosen any means to evangelize and preach the gospel. What did He choose? You and I to be His love. To touch other people. When people are asking, where is God in all of this? Throw your hands in the air and say, right here, because His church is here. Showing out love and compassion and giving and reaching we are called to be loved. First John 4, 7 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Love isn't just what God does. Love is who He is. But it's pretty amazing right there that if we don't love then we don't have God. Because when we have love, we have God. No God, no love. God present, there should be love. I want to give you five things that love needs to be for your life. Are you ready? Five things. A, number one, whatever you want to say. The reason why you need love is this. We know God through love. That's a pretty important place to start right there. The Bible says that we know God because if we don't have love, we don't know God. So we know God through love, through understanding and grasping just the mere fact that he loves us. We now can be in relationship. Have you ever said, God, why would you love me? I know I have. God, why would you keep hanging out? Why would you keep extending your grace? I've messed up so many times. I could maybe understand the first few times. But God, why not move on to someone else? You see, we've got to have a grasp and an understanding that God loves us despite what we may do and say and be. God's love is still there. And I'm so glad because if he removed his love, there would be no chance of a relationship. Now, that doesn't mean we're right in where we're at, but it means that He is still right in our situation, that we can turn to Him and He can make it all right. His love is always there for us. And that's how we can know Him through love and having a relationship with Him. Verse 8, God is love. Notice it doesn't say love is God. It says God is love and there's a big difference. 
Listen to something I wrote down. I got it from my Bible. It says this, Our world with its shallow and selfish view of love has turned these words around and contaminated our understanding of love. The world thinks that love is what makes a person feel good and that it's alright to sacrifice moral principles and others' rights in order to obtain such love. But that isn't real love. In fact, it's the exact opposite because that love is pure selfishness and it's not God's kind of perfect love. Because real love is like God who is holy, just and perfect. And if we truly know God, we will desire to truly love as He does. Love is... God, no. God is love. And through true relationship, His way, not our way, we can be truly known by Him. And we can truly be in relationship and know Him. Point number one, we know God through love. Point number two, B, it's our identity. It's our badge. It's that which shows who we are to the rest of the world. Love must be the identifying factor of our lives doesn't only show who we are, but shows whose we are, who we belong to. John 13, 35 said this, By this all will know that you are my disciples. By what? Come on. By this all will know that you are my disciples. What? If you have love for one another. What identifies us as a follower of Christ is the love that we have. What a powerful verse. By love people will see Christ in us. They will know who we belong to. When we behave in a lovingly manner towards one another, Jesus said we would show the world that we are his disciples. New Living Translation says it this way. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And before you go there, let me, can I just step into your minds? Because I know this is a question some of you already have had when you think about that identifies. And here's the answer to this question, or here's the question, rather, that probably most of you are asking today. But Pastor, it's okay you're saying that we've got to be loved. It's that which identifies us. But how do I love someone when they reject it? How can I love someone? How can I show them the love of God when they reject it, when they live against What about this one? How can I love someone when they don't deserve it? Some of you, I know you're thinking that. Can I give you a couple of things about that? Number one, response is not your concern. Only giving is. What they choose to do with it is not up to you. It's still your response to give it. How they react to it, that's not... Between you and them, that's between now them and God. Because you have now presented the opportunity for them to know God through your love. You hold that love from them, they'll never have an opportunity to perhaps know God. So their response is not your concern. But only for you to give them love. It's like the mailman. The mailman doesn't open your mail. He just delivers the package. It's up to you to open it. It's up to you, your response to it, whether you like it or not. You think the mailman really enjoys giving everyone bills? Yeah. 
But what's his responsibility? He's got to pass them on. Our responsibility is we're the mailman. We've got to take the package. We've got to deliver the goods. And whatever people do after that is their responsibility. Here's another thing. Love can, only be, love can be displayed in many ways. Well, how can I show love to people? Love can be displayed in many ways. In fact, was it Francis Assisi said this? He said, touch the world by any means possible. And if needed, use words. Love can be displayed in many. When it's hard to say love to people, be love to people. Do love to people. Look at this. Give what is needed, not deserved. Wow, that would go a long way if we followed that. Well, they don't deserve it. Neither do you. But you got it. Do they need it? Yes. Everyone needs love. There's a God-shaped void in every man. And love is that which can help fill that void. They don't deserve it. Neither do we. But they need it. And then ask God to pray to help you. God, would you help me to love that person? Because Peter talks about that. He talks about it's easy to love. Or John, he says he talks, it's easy to love those who are lovable. But if you want to know if you're a real follower of Christ, love those who spit in your face. Love those who slap. And then it goes on and talks about Jesus, how he gave his life and he hung upon a cross. And he demonstrated the act of love. Greater love has no man known than the one who had laid down his life. You see, the main problem today with love is not love. The main problem is all the talk, but no demonstration. In other words, people who possess a knowledge of it, but they have nothing producing in the reality realm of it. I read 1 Corinthians 13.4, read it out later, and it begins to list all the things that love is. It's amazing, everything that love is, is outside of me. It requires me to give. Love is not about what I need and what I get. Love is about meeting the needs of other people. Love is not proudful. It's not arrogant. It's giving. It's out there. It's reaching. It's touching. It's amazing. And the more that we give it, the more we become like Him. We know Him more and we become a greater witness for Him. Point number three. Why why love? We need love because love is that which wants to guide us. You want to be guided like Katrina said today? They were driving in areas they don't even know that were roads. I'm so glad in the darkest nights of my life, God's love has been there to guide me through. When I didn't think I could make it another step, the love of God lifted me up. Megan and them sang about that today. The goodness of the Lord never fails. That's His love. That's His mercy. That's His kindness for each and every one of our lives. You see, the love of God wants to guide us in showing us what we need to do, but also showing us what we don't need to do. From our scripture, from Romans 12, 9, from the New Living Translation, it says, Love, it will cause you to hate what is wrong. And to stand on the side of good. In other words, love is acceptance, but it's not permission. It's it's, it's accepting, but it's not given permission. What do I mean by that? I accept the person, but I don't give permission or right to the sin of their life. 
I love you, but I don't love that. I don't give permission for wrong, but I love the person in the wrong. Love may cover wrong, but it can never excuse wrong. Love doesn't give us a license to sin. Like I said earlier, oh, you're supposed to love everyone. Jesus loved you. You're not supposed to point the finger and condemn. You're supposed to love everyone. No, hold on. God says you are to love everyone, but you've got to not love what's wrong. You've got to grab a hold of what is right. Love doesn't make you a doormat for everyone to walk all over us. We're supposed to love like Jesus. And Jesus so often is misquoted because when we talk about that and they say, well, Jesus loved everyone, they used in reference to the lady who was caught in the act of adultery. But they misquote that scripture right there. And I don't really have time to go into this today in great depth, but I just think it's important for us to see all of these kind of things because Jesus is talking to them in John 8 verse 7. He says, he who has no sin... Let him cast the first stone. They brought this lady to Jesus and they said she's a sinner. She's caught in the act of adultery. They knew. Jesus knew. Everyone knew the penalty was stoned to death. They threw him at the, her at the feet of Jesus and they said, okay, now what? And Jesus said, he who does not have sin in his life, let him cast the first stone. Jesus turns around and just begins to write in the dirt. And he begins to write around. But verse 10 says, but when Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Verse 11, and she said, here it is, here it is, here it is. You ready? No, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. He accepted her. But notice. But now, go and sin no more. He accepted, but he didn't give permission for the actions of her life. I love you. I'm the answer for your life. But you've got to turn away from those wrong things that you've done. You see how his love made a way for her to be free? If he hadn't have accepted her and said, I love you, she couldn't be free. You see, so many people say, oh, you just got to accept everything. No, you don't accept everything. You accept the person, you love the person, but you hate the sin. We have to. Because the Bible says if we're going to be a Christian, we've got to abhor to sin. We've got to hate it. We've got to detest it. We've got to loathe that thing. But through it, we've got to love the person by telling them the truth. Listen, I love you, but that can't be a part of who we are. Jesus didn't say to her all is well, did he? But Jesus gave her hope of repentance. He says, I don't condemn you. Just go and change your life and let me help you do that. Aren't you glad that God loves us enough to not leave us the same way in which he found us? And that's what we've got to understand. That's what we've got to see. That's what we've got to speak. Listen to me, love is not an excuse, but love can be freedom. It's not excusing wrong, but it's presenting a pathway of freedom. Ephesians 4.15, New Living Translation says, Instead, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of his church. What is love? Love is a proper voice. 
It's the voice of truth. We speak the truth in love. Too many people love to speak the truth. We speak the truth in love. We make a stand with no apologies. We live a life for Christ with no double standards. We run from evil. We live for that which is good. Have you ever loved anyone? Are you in love with someone right now? What is the one thing that you don't want to do to that person? You don't want to hurt them in any way. You don't want to say something. You don't want to do something. Miss something that will bring them pain. And love of God desires to guide us into a life that is fully pleasing to Him. That will help us avoid the wrong things. And to do that which is right. Two more really quickly. I've got to go. Point number four, is it? Number four, D, love makes you genuine. Love makes you real. Turn to your name and say, you better be the real deal. Love is not fake, it's not shallow, it's not fickle. If it's genuine, it's going to stand up to the test. Acts chapter 11, read it when you get home. The people were persecuted, they were abused, they were taken from their homes, they were beaten, they were imprisoned. But yet still they met every day to the fact that people looked at them and gave them the name Christians, Christ once. That no matter what happened to rock their worlds, they still remained true. I'm telling you, I believe love is that, that no matter what happens around you, oh, our world's been rocked and we've lost perhaps everything. But in the light of it all, when we just regroup ourselves, we can still throw our hands in the air and say, but God is still with me. We have a hope. It makes us genuine. What the world tries to extinguish only ignites a brighter flame when God is in it. God wants an uncontrollable fire to burst out from each and every one of us. Jesus said to them, if someone hits you on one cheek, turn the other. They couldn't grasp that. They couldn't get that. Jesus said, don't just love once. Keep loving. Well, how many times should I love? Jesus said 70 times 7, 449. And he wasn't even putting a number on that. He was just saying, you just keep loving without measure. Why? Because love makes you real. You're genuine. You're touchable to other people. You're an example to other people. And lastly today, I know there's so much about love, because love is awesome. Number five, E, love brings honor. Love will honor others. That's what it says in Romans 12, verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Honor is really just another way of saying, I choose to put others first. The Message Bible says it this way, we've got to practice Playing the second fiddle. It may not always be on the first fiddle chair. We may not always have and be at the, the king of the castle. But that doesn't matter because whatever position we're in, we can still put others before us. And whenever you find honor in God's word, nine times out of ten, go and research it for yourself this week. Whenever you see someone who gives honor very close and usually connected to that is blessing. That when you put others first, God brings a blessing into your life. They're connected. But you won't get blessing many times in our lives if you don't walk through the doorway of honor. 
One of our goals is to create such a culture of honour here that every other people first, giving honour, honouring people, thinking about them, blessing them, thanking them, helping them. So what is a Christian? What does it mean to be a Christian? It starts with love. Come on, it's how we know Him. We have relationship through love. It's how we're identified. People know that we're disciples by the love that we have. People will see something different in you today than anyone else because of the love and concern you have for someone. I love that email or that um, post that was put out on social media this week. Don't ask me what I need. You know, I don't even know what I need. Just show up. Just be hands to help. I know I'm killing the post, but some of you read it. You know, just come and just love on us. Just cry with us. Just help us because I'm so overwhelmed. I don't even know what my need is. So don't ask. Come and help. Be love. Let that be our identity. Let love guide us away from what is wrong towards that which is right. Not making excuses for wrong. Not giving permission for wrong. But accepting the person, but not the sin, makes us genuine, makes us real. No more fakes. I'm tired of fake Christians. In fact, there's not such a thing as a fake Christian, because if you're a Christian, you ain't fake. Last but not least, that I can establish honor that brings blessing in my life, that I put other people before me. What an opportunity we have to put this message into work right now. As Jim said, it's shameful, really, that we have to wait to see the needs around us when there's always been needs. Just in a different package, in a different way, but there's always a need. But the greatest need that this world has is they need to know the love of Jesus. And how will they know unless we tell them and unless we be the love? Come on, what is a Christian? Someone who knows love. Someone who loves. Would you stand to your feet all over this place? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.